Hey, all you creepsters, it's Crystal from New Jersey, and you're listening to another wonderful episode of Sinister Sightings with our favorite crazy girls, Donna and Carrie. Donna and I'm Carrie and we are Paranormal Chicks Sinister Settings 168 and you just heard Crystal from New Jersey and if you want to introduce an episode just like Crystal head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast okay let's jump right in the first one hello pretty ladies I'm sorry for the bad spelling my story is called La Llorona oh look at you in case you haven't watched the movie, it's the Latin American folklore, the weeping woman, or the whaler. It's a ghost who roams waterfront areas mourning her children whom she drowned. It all happened in Mexico City. There was some construction going on at the house, so my two brothers, mom, dad, and me, had to sleep in the same room at my grandparents' house. This night, we were staying at our house. It was around 4.30. I'm calculating the time because I looked at the clock after it all happened. I woke up because I was having a nightmare that one of my aunts was a witch. I started hearing the next-door neighbor's dog bark, but not ours, so I thought nothing of it. Till I started hearing a super loud, Ay, mi hijos. Oh, God, y'all, I suck so bad. Or, oh, my children. BTW, they say that if it sounds close, it means she's far away. But if she sounds far away, she's close. I immediately hide under the covers and started praying. I forgot to mention I was 10 years old at the time. I was so scared, shaking, and kept praying till there was no sound. I jumped off from the top of the bunk bed I was sleeping in and ran to the other side of the room to get dad and explain to him everything. So he got up, told me to get in bed with my mom, and he grabbed the broom and went outside to check things out, but found nothing or heard or saw nothing. The next morning, nobody believed my story. They said I was probably having a nightmare, but I'm pretty sure I wasn't. And for a couple of months, I couldn't sleep at the house and had to sleep in my grandparents' house, or I would wake up every day at the same time. And all day during those two months, I had the, oh, my children, wailing in my head until they did some cleansing with herbs and some other stuff. Side note, everyone started believing my story when my 30-year-old cousin said he heard it too that same night. Hope you girls like my story. I have more to come. That's so creepy. I plan on doing La Llorona this uh, Halloween season. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. That was weird. Yeah. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. My pretties. <laughs> It is good. <laughs> like you sound like you were from Enchanted. I know that is my favorite part of that movie. I know. Well, I'm glad everything's okay with you, though. Of course, they believe you after the adult is like, "Wait, I heard that too." Mm-hmm. Next one. Hello, dears. I really love your podcast. I'm born and raised in the South, and your voices are the sound of my people. Nothing exciting ever happens in my small town. Until recently. This is more true crime than paranormal, so I'm not going to say my location or use names because this is ongoing and I want to try to respect the family involved. There is a family who moved into our tiny town a couple of years ago and they always gave me a very weird vibe. There is a mom and a dad and their four kids who are older adolescents and teenagers. One of the children has pretty significant cognitive difficulties that make his mental age much younger than his actual age, but he's friendly and seems to function quite well. The mother was the one family member whose vibes were especially not agreeing with me 
And I avoided her around town and tried not to engage in conversation with her because her energy made me terribly uncomfortable. So yesterday, we were shocked to notice police tape all around their yard and house, and my true crime brain starts to race through possible scenarios of what could have happened to result in this level of police presence in our normally quiet, safe neighborhood. When I found out, I was shocked. Apparently, the weird mom woke up the impaired son in the middle of the night and tried to kill him by slitting his throat. What the fuck? Her own darling teenage boy son. She was planning to kill herself after murdering him, but instead she drove off away from the house. The dad called 911 to report his wife being suicidal, but said nothing to dispatch about his son having life-threatening injuries and needing help. The eldest teenage daughter took matters into her own precious hands and rushed her brother to the ER for help. The doctor said it was a 1 16th of an inch away from being a fatal wound. The son was able to recount exactly what happened and law enforcement immediately got involved. The mom was found and arrested and the dad was arrested too. Both have been charged with aggravated assault and are in jail at the moment. Hopefully they both get a thorough psych evaluation and perhaps there is underlying mental illness that would explain her acts against her own child. These poor kids have been through so much. I hope they can get therapy to process and try to recover from this trauma and have happy, healthy lives going forward. Sending you both love. Thank you, and you're the best. XOXOM. What? I mean, what happened? I mean, like, obviously, I know what happened. You just told me a story. But I'm saying, like, what was the catalyst? Like, where did that come from? And then why was the dad like, oh, yeah, just can you find her? Everything's fine. Just find her. I wonder if he thought that the son was going to die or was trying to give his son time to die because he didn't want to deal with his son anymore. Yeah, or maybe they were on it together because neither one of them did. Yeah. But there's group homes and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Like, let your son live his life. You don't have to kill him. Oh, my gosh. How weird. Like, to find out that the dad didn't mention the son. Mm -hmm. Okay, the next one. Sleep paralysis story. Hey, ladies. My name is Jess, and I'm from New York. Your podcast is so great. It gets me through the days when I'm working from home. I first found you guys right when we were in lockdown in New York City last year. Hearing you guys laugh, tell stories, and have fun has helped me in so many ways getting through 2020 and this year. So I finally decided to send in one of my personal stories after debating it for months. The story I'm sharing is a recent sleep paralysis episode that happened maybe three months ago. I've been experiencing sleep paralysis and other paranormal things since I was little, but I had my first sleep paralysis episode when I was about 17 or 18. I'm currently 33, and I've probably had it happen 10 times or more, with four episodes being very strange and scary. I'm used to sleep paralysis to the point that I know how to get out of it, and I know when it's happening. One night, I was sleeping, and I wake up. I knew instantly I was having an episode because it feels weird like I'm in another plane of reality. I'm laying there in my bed and the sun is setting and my whole room is this eerie orange gold color and I'm staring out one of my large windows. Something feels very off and I just know something terrifying is going to show up. Just not sure what, which scares me because one of my fears as a kid was having ghosts or aliens appear in my window while I'm sleeping. 
All of a sudden, I see this dark smoke come to my window and slowly form into a figure, a dark figure, and it turns into this girl I knew from high school. Very random, not scary, kind of comical at first. This girl was annoying in school, so I suppose that could be terrifying in itself. Anyway, it then floats through my window and into my room. It wasn't staring at me at this point, just floating in my room. While she's floating over me, I was so confused that it was her, but something inside of me was telling me it's not her. I could tell by her eyes and the weird smirk on her face that it definitely wasn't her. It felt very creepy and not pleasant. She floats over me a bit and then lowers and gets in my face with this weird smile staring directly into my eyes. I turn away and was able to close my eyes and start to try to wiggle my toes and was able to snap myself out of it. When I woke up, it was 11 p.m. and I felt like a ton of bricks hit me. I was in a state of panic when I woke up. I felt so strange, like this thing was going to appear in front of me. I felt truly like this was more than sleep paralysis and was some kind of entity. I was able to go back to sleep and the next morning I felt so drained and couldn't focus. I thought about it for the next few days and could not shake this creepy feeling. This wasn't the first time I'd had sleep paralysis in this apartment. When I first moved in, I had an episode where a dark figure was attacking me in my sleep who before came to me in the form of another friend. Truly weird, and even though it's happened three months ago, I still wonder, was it sleep paralysis or something more? Anyway, sorry for the long story, and I have so many other stories that involve sleep paralysis, Ouija boards, and a few dreams I've had where I spoke to my deceased grandparents. Keeping it creepy, Jess. What kind of the astral projection is happening there? <laughs> Wow. Also, you said, come to my window. So I started singing, come to my window. Yes. And then, okay. Clown inside. (laughs) (laughs) You said building up inside of me. And it's the Beach Boys that, well, it's been building up inside of me for, oh, I don't know how long. But it's like, don't worry, baby. Mm -mm. But it's from Dirty Dancing. That's where I know it from. (laughs) Okay, well, I was wondering why you knew a Beach Boys song, because <laughs> yeah. that is not your jam. No. <laughs> but, yes. Anyway, so I was like, is she throwing these little nuggets in there just to know if people would know? But probably not. Does she know that you know that she knows that you knew that what the song was? Because I didn't. Uh, <laughs> but... Okay, sorry. Going back to the paranormal, though, that is weird that, like, you have normal sleep paralysis, you know, quote-unquote normal, but then you were having these other episodes, like, that weren't your normal sleep paralysis. Well, I never thought in my life that I would use the word normal and sleep paralysis in a sentence, (laughs) but here we are. Right? Oh, I don't know. But yeah, send all of your stories in. (laughs) Sorry for you, but send in more. We want to know them all. Okay, thanks. (laughs) Next one. Good morning, ladies. First things first. I'm the realist. Thank you. I love you guys. I work in a hospital doing medical records requests, so listening to your podcast while I work definitely makes the day move faster. So I have a few interesting stories involving homes I have lived in. The first one was back in 2003 when my ex-husband, our six kids, and I moved into a little town in Illinois with my ex's company. We found an adorable four-bedroom, three-bath farmhouse to rent about 30 minutes outside of the Quad Cities. About a month into living there, my in-laws and my ex's best friend were visiting. I had gone to bed early and the guys were in the basement watching TV. 
Well, sometime during the night, my mother-in-law said she saw my ex turning down the AC. The next morning, she asked him about it, and he told her he had fallen asleep downstairs, to which his friend said they both had crashed down there. She then goes on to describe a man standing at the thermostat, turning it down. We didn't think anything of it until his friend tells us that he also had a strange experience. Like I said, they were both downstairs in the basement all night, and the TV we had down there was one of those older box-style TVs with no remote. Well, he noticed my ex was asleep, and he was getting tired as well, so he turned the TV off and rolled over to go to sleep. To his surprise, the TV turned itself back on, so he got up and turned it off again. Well, this happened a few more times, and he finally told my ex that he thought he was sitting on the remote. My ex told him that we didn't have a remote for that TV. So he decided that he was just going to watch whatever was on the TV. I think it was ER or something like that. As soon as the show was over, the TV turned itself off. A few days after the incident, we were talking about it to a neighbor whose grandma owned the house and told her about what happened. Once we described the man at the thermostat, she showed us a picture of her grandfather, and it was the same person my mother-in-law described. She then told us his name is Ray, and he was probably just happy there were children in the house again. We loved that house and the three years we lived there. We took to calling Ray our guardian angel because there were several instances that my daughter, who was one when we moved there, should have gotten seriously hurt. The first occasion being when she fell down the basement steps. It was honestly the craziest thing, and had I not been there, I wouldn't believe it myself. The basement was not carpeted, so that fall could have hurt her horribly, but as she hit the bottom, it was almost as if someone caught her and set her back up on her feet. It didn't face the baby one bit, but scared the shit out of me. Another instance of Ray watching over the kids, since it was a farm, there was pesticide out in the barn. Well, one day the kids came in with buckets of quote-unquote red sand, which we later found out was pesticide. This stuff killed four of our cats and two of our dogs. The kids should have been sick or even been killed by this, but by some miracle, there was no harm to the kids. We became so accustomed to having Ray around that if the TV upstairs or in the basement would come on, we would just tell Ray that we knew he was there and they would turn back off. We moved back home in 2006 and I sure miss that house and our guardian angel Ray. I have more stories on my current home, which we discovered a few weeks after moving in was haunted, but I'll share that at another time. Thanks again for making my workday not quite as boring, Tanya. That's so scary about the pesticide and all of that. Yes, holy Hannah. Glad y'all had that guardian angel. Sounds like y'all needed it. Sheesh. Right? But, oh my God, was Ray turning it up, like, because he was cold, because he was old, because I could not have a ghost that needed it up. I know, because everybody always says, can you turn the air up when they want it colder, because they want it to, like, blow more, and it's like, no, that means to turn the, like, temperature up. So, if you want it colder, you say, can you turn the air down? Mm-hmm. Like, you always have to say, because you want it warmer or colder, when people say that, because yeah. everybody says it backwards. But you know how Bart Simpson used to say, nobody better lay a finger on my Butterfinger, Nobody better lay a finger on my thermostat. Okay, the next one. Hey, ladies, just want to say sorry for any errors or doesn't make sense. I'm not a good writer. I listen to y'all every day on my way to work. I was listening to the one about souls passing when babies are born and had to share. I got chills when listening to one of the stories about this. I was pregnant with my son and he was due January 8th, 2020. The whole pregnancy, we had no one pass. 
My son's dad, my boyfriend, got a call from his mom on December 3rd, 2019, that his dad passed away unexpectedly. He had been deer hunting and passed in his sleep. They couldn't tell when he actually passed, but we knew it was from December 1st to 3rd, so one of those days he left us. We always said it was December 2nd because it was in the middle. After he passed, I had a lot of problems like Kay, my son, what we'll call him, was trying to come early. My boyfriend's dad and mom weren't together, but his dad was remarried to T, my stepmom. T was so excited for Kay because she needed the happy back in her life and knew Kay would bring joy back. Well, I went to the doctor on December 26, 2019 and found out I was going to be induced on January 2, 2020. T was so excited we text all night and she was asking all the questions. When could she be there? How long could she stay? And everything. I told her she could be there the whole time and stay as long as she'd like. We finally finished texting about 2.30 a.m. the December 27th. T said she loved us and couldn't wait for Kay to be here and to hold and to love on him. I wasn't excited that Kay was going to be born right in the middle of a mess, but knew he would save our family from all the sadness, but more sadness would hit. I got a call later that day that they found her and she had passed away about 4 or 5 a.m. December 27th. I was one of the last people she talked to. She talked to my boyfriend's mom and it was about Kay. She passed away almost a week before Kay was born, and she was so excited. We were completely heartbroken over this. Kay came, and he was perfect. He saved my boyfriend and his sisters from all of the sadness, and I always say he was a light in so much darkness. Kay is now 19 months old, and will look up in corners and randomly say, Hi, Pawpaw. Pawpaw is what my boyfriend's dad was going to be called. I know Paul Paul comes in and checks on Kay so he can see him and make sure we're raising him. He has two guardian angels watching and protecting him. Thanks for the awesome podcast. I feel like y'all are my friends. P. Gosh, that is a lot of loss. I think that Kay met both of his grandparents. For sure. Before he was born. I, I agree with that. Okay, the next one is called Henry the Ghost. Hi, ladies. My cousin told me about your podcast. Well, podcast in general. However, you were the first, and I have not been disappointed. I have to say, I crack up laughing when you both go on a tangent and just without a skipped beat are back to the story. I don't think I would be able to control myself that quickly. Feel free to use my real name, pronounced Kara, as in vroom vroom car, not Kara. Does that make sense? Thank you so much. I just had to add that, but the vroom vroom cracked me up. (laughs) Anywho, I'm not sure where to start, but this is long and not overly sorry. Back in 2003, my husband was serving in Iraq, and I was given the privilege of living in base housing. I was placed in an older neighborhood that had duplex ranch-style housing in Fort Hood, Texas. Yeah, I did that. So the moving company comes and packs me up and moves all of our stuff to the new house from the apartment we were living in off base prior. At the end of the day, my cat, Goosey, and I head over to the house and start to take in our new surroundings. I checked to make sure nothing was forgotten or misplaced and decided to call a friend to chit-chat about the exciting new digs. As I'm looking out the kitchen window, it's fairly dark at this point, and I feel a thumb press into the spine of my neck and fingers wrap around the right side of my neck. I whipped around and nothing was there. I literally lived alone, had the only keys, the doors were locked, I was alone. 
I obviously said, whoa, what the fuck? And my very spiritual friend states, you have a spirit. Well, of course, I'm all, nah, nope, nopezilla. That's not a thing. We finished up our conversation and hung up, headed to bed. Just as a side note, I woke up in the middle of the night to the MPs yelling for my new neighbor to put the gun down. I peeked out and this fucker had a gun at the MPs. Well, I went back to bed. Some of us had to work in the morning. Strange things continued to happen in the house. Here are some fun mini stories. Goosey, remember my cat, would sit in my bedroom doorway and watch something walk up and down the hall. When we got a puppy named Aliba, they would watch in unison as though someone was walking up and down the hall. One morning, still living alone, I walked into the living room and found the DVD player TV unplugged and the plugs and the wires laid under the TV armoire. One of those giant ones that had the doors that closed it to basically a rectangle that was enclosed into a straight line. Did I mention I live alone? Kitchen cabinets would be open after I left the kitchen. Whenever I showered, the shower curtain would open up. Not like when the vent kicks on and it pushes it into you, but like slides right to left opened. I had a habit of copying my homework most of the time so I could use it for studying. I was packed up and ready to head to my evening class and sat my bag and papers down by the back door. Went back by the computer to grab a pen and came back to the papers missing. Figuring I was losing my mind, I looked everywhere. Nothing. I made a copy of my copy and rolled out to class. When I came home, I was cleaning up and when doing laundry, I opened up my washer. It was a closed top load. And boom, my homework was inside the washer. Still living alone at this point. Before I had LASIK, I had terrible eyesight. I had set my glasses down, went to the bathroom, came back, and they were gone. At this point, my husband was back from Iraq. Asking the man creature if he saw my glasses or moved them, he said no. Then he starts to help look for them. You should know that I had fully accepted the ghost at this point and named him Henry. I pulled everything out of our dressers, refolded, and placed them back in the drawers. We didn't have nightstands, just the dresser. We were very minimalistic in what we owned because we had no extra cash for excess luxuries. Nothing was on top of the dresser. I lost my shed. I screamed, prepare yourselves. It was psycho because I had had enough. Henry, you perverted piece of shit, ghost loser. You bring my glasses back immediately or I swear on all that's holy. I will get a priest and we will exercise your ass straight back to wherever your ass belongs because it does not belong here. I take a moment and go back into our room, open my drawer with my jeans, and my glasses are folded on the recently folded jeans. You know, I had just refolded all of my clothes. Those glasses were not there before. So I said, thank you. Was that so hard? My husband was eating cereal in the morning as I was in the shower. He felt me come behind him and rub his thigh. He went to turn around just as he realized the shower was still running. No one was behind him. One morning after I had left for school and work, my hubby came home from overnight duty and saw a shadow-shaped man come down the hall and walk into the bathroom. He said he ran into the bathroom and no one was there. When we were moving out of the house, I stopped by after everything was moved out. I had a chat with Henry to stay and that he was not allowed to come with us. And he didn't follow. We had a lot of strange things on a daily basis. 
too many to write about. Once we moved, we didn't have any issues. I'm pretty sure he lived in the attic, but the entrance to the attic was a hole in the hallway ceiling that had about a hundred layers of paint over it, and it was Texas. I know they had those flying southern bugs that we shall not speak of. (laughs) I've had other experiences since, but have to get back to business, so I'll send it at another time. I wrote and sent this in, 82621. Just for those who are interested, if this is red, <laughs> thanks a bunch. Love from Wisconsin, Kara. Uh, Kara's talking about roaches, y'all. <laughs> Kara was my homegirl right here, and you just sold us out. I'm just saying, because people are going to be like, what? Oh my God. You, <laughs> the two things that I took away from that story is one, roaches. Oh, God. And two, they packed you up and moved you. <laughs> Oh, God. But moving is a bitch, so I understand. I mean, they packed you up, too. That's the worst fucking... I don't know. Unpacking's actually the worst part. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Unpacking's the worst part, actually. I changed my mind. Yes. That's nice, though. I mean, if you gotta move as much as you gotta move, they should help you. I agree. I'm not... I'm not bucking the system. I'm saying, damn. Yeah. I mean, y'all gotta move, like, every three years. I ain't saying shit. Some more than that, I'm sure. And I love... (laughs) You perverted ghost. I don't know. so funny he knew not to come with y'all oh gosh it's always henry or kevin that's what everybody names things Mm. like dogs like you know dogs that have like human names and stuff yeah i don't know i recently caught up on that show call me cat and um leslie jordan's character has this big wooden um dolphin donna get your head out the gutter dolphin and he names him kevin i was like everything's always like kevin or henry when you said that i was like that's the other name (laughs) okay this one is oh dear not dear so o-d-e-a-r not d-e-e-r d-e-e i said too many e's but you get the point hey ladies and everyone listening i would consider myself a believer but i'm not a blind believer definitely have a mix of skepticism when i approach most things i have a hard time digesting most cryptid stories el chupacabra might as well be el chupacandelabra because i believe in both of them about the same this particular sinister sightings happened about a decade ago and until recently i didn't even know if it was worthy of a submission but here we are and here we go so picture it Hume Road, Lexington, Kentucky. Um, and they, they definitely sent me the pronunciation of that at the at the beginning of it. Didn't thank you. Dusk had not yet fallen on Hume Road. A stretch of road a little under two and a half miles running parallel with I-75, connecting Hamburg, former farmland being developed for commercial and residential zoning. And Bryan Station, a neighborhood on the northeast side of Lexington. Okay, sorry, sidebar though, they said Kentucky and I was like Brian Station, that's in Texas. No, it's Brian College Station. Like, you know how they say uh, Dallas Fort Worth? They say Brian College Station, and those are two separate places. So I merged them, and I was like, Brian Station, hmm, that's in Texas too. No, it ain't. Okay. Well, while you're just uh, taken away from the story already, mm-hmm. can I just say that it popped into my head that that song from the uh, uh, Beatles? What? Uh-huh. No, what? Uh, be, 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 I almost said Backstreet Boys. Uh, Beach Boys. The Beach Boys. It was not from Dirty Dancing. It was from Never Been Kissed. Okay. Well, uh, okay. I should have known. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Bye. Everyone who's listened to this whole thing was like, thank God she realized it. 
because they've been wanting to correct you the whole time. They've probably posted that on Facebook already and then like, delete, 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 delete. <laughs> Located roughly five miles from downtown Lexington, Hume Road has an unexpected rural feel with a large church greeting you on the Hamburg side, followed by quaint houses with large yards and little ponds, farms and homesteads, and a small bridge over North Elkhorn Lake. A large bridge going over I-64 where it merges with I-65 and lots of wooded areas between. Oh, and critters. There are tons of little critters on this road. Rabbits, skunks, birds, possums, to name a few, all lived around Hume Road. I traveled this road as much as I could as I was very fond of it. I love this little rural gym amid the hustle and bustle of the more populated areas of Lexington. I often drove out of my way to find myself on Hume's gentle curves. The air seemed fresher and cooler. The lush green foliage seemed brighter and greener, and those critters seemed to dance and play. There simply seemed to be a bit of magic on Hume. Almost exactly 1.5 miles down Hume Road from the Hamburg-Winchester Road end, there was a famous Lexington landmark nestled between I-75 and Hume on painted water tower proudly displaying, Welcome to the Horse Capital of the World, with a mare and a fowl and racing horses. This water tower is where my sinister sightings occurred. Around the lesser-known backside of the water tower, viewed from Hume Road, the water tower sits next to a rectangular brick building. Both are protected behind tall, chain-link fencing. A few trees grow within the fenced area. There is also a small parking area and a little blacktop driveway leading to it. In the clearing between the road and the fencing stood three deer. I slowed way down as to not scare them into jumping in front of me or into me as I've known deer to do. Immediately, I noticed these deer were different. For starters, these deer were not afraid of my vehicle at all. Two of them, both does, didn't pay me much attention at all. It was the buck that left the lasting impression. I came to a crawl. I'm talking less than two miles per hour crawl. He stood taller than those two and, well, just looked odd. His stance was a little off. Even though he was on all four legs, he looked like his anterior posture was straighter than what it should have been, lacking the natural curve a deer possesses. His head didn't seem to be quite right. It looked like someone tried to render a deer artistically through their memory, slightly perverting key elements or missing them altogether. I continued to look at this odd beast as I tried to figure out what made him look so... What the fuck is that? I'm unsure if this is what I thought or if what I actually said. My gaze met his. He looked at me with an intelligence unpossessed by other deer. Why the fuck does this deer have human eyes? I drove slowly past them and couldn't break the stare from this beast that wasn't a deer. This thing was an imposter. This thing had a stare at me with human-like eyes. Both eyes sat forward on his face, unlike a deer's side-facing eyes. I stared at this creature as I crept by until I could no longer comfortably turn my neck sideways to keep looking at it. This thing didn't scare me, but it did unnerve me. It looked like it could have talked. It looked like it had so much intelligence behind those strange eyes. For a year, well, almost a decade, I've told numerous people of this encounter. I had no words for this creature, and until recently, I had no idea what it was. That is, until my husband recently asked me if I heard of not deer. What the hell is a not deer? Well, I found this online. The Appalachian not deer is a folk cryptid with sightings commonly in the foothills of Virginia, but they aren't bound to specific locations. Unlike Mothman or the Jersey Devil, not deer seem to be a phenomenon rather than one creature. 
Sightings typically occur at night or in the early evening mornings when visibility is low. Most people describe the not deer's appearance being uncomfortable because it so closely resembles a deer, but, well, not. Each sighting is different, but some have described them as having forward-facing eyes, elongated mouths like dogs or coyotes, claws or hands instead of hooves, or they've stood on two legs as well as four. But the most unsettling thing about them is that they aren't afraid of humans. Wild deer will actively avoid humans and run away immediately if they ever cross paths with a person. But not deer don't exhibit the fear that is so integral to how we understand deer behavior. They're also said to make clicking noises and move with uncomfortable jerking motions, which adds to the uncanny behavior. The lack of fear, clicking, and jerking movements have a scientific explanation that is, unfortunately, or fortunately, if you're like me and eat this creepy shit with a spoon, no less terrifying. Deer and other members of the deer family, like elk or moose, can be affected by chronic wasting disease, an illness similar to mad cow disease that attacks the central nervous system and causes the animal to become emaciated and eventually die. Symptoms of chronic wasting disease are stumbling, listlessness, drooling, aggression, and a total lack of fear of people. What is also worth noting is that other deer won't notice or react when other deer show symptoms of CWD. Similarly to how not deer are described as being part of a herd of deer as if those deer don't notice that it isn't like them. No one has ever been attacked by a deer suffering from CWD but encounters with them are unsettling and it's not difficult to see how they could be making how they could be mistaken for some kind of deer-like monster. There isn't much written information on not deer because so many stories about them have been passed down orally or through folklore, the details of which vary. I think the possibility of them is fascinating, even more so because it's a real-world explanation for their existence. For those interested and to give credit, I found this on notdeermagazine.com. It was written by Rowan Bagley. Sadly, I admit the significance of the forward-facing human-like eyes elude me. My AP biology teacher would have been so disappointed in me. Predators have forward-facing eyes. Animals with eyes located on the sides of their heads are prey, like real deer. Also, the skeptic in me appreciates the chronic wasting disease theory, but it doesn't account for the deer's eye position changing. So what do you think? Did I have an encounter with a not-deer cryptid out on Hume Road, or was this chronic wasting disease? Or was this something different like genetic mutation? Love and Light S. P.S. I forgot to mention that some people believe not deer are like skinwalkers and Wendigo. Once you speak their names, they are drawn to you. I don't know. But, you know, there's a horror movie. I think is it The Ring where the deer attacked that lady in the, in the car? I don't know. And it's so silly. It's so CGI that it shouldn't be scary but it's scary to me (laughs) just because what do you do when a deer is like you know you stop because it can tear up your car i just remember that um that part from tommy boy when they hit the deer and they think they killed it so they put it in the car and then it comes back to life oh and it destroys the car yeah well and my mama believed in the chupacabra yeah that's true (laughs) i don't know i if it gave you a weird feeling and everything, if it really made you feel different, I feel like that was a cryptid. But if it was just odd and you were just like, huh, that's weird. So it could have just been the wasting disease. Could have been. I don't know. I mean, I'm going to go with like a disease versus a cryptid always. All right. Last one. 
ghost children, shadow people, and talking doll. Hey y'all, my name is Jasmine and I grew up in a small town in Texas. Y'all read one of my stories so I figured I'd send some more. Our home was across the street from an old cemetery. Well, I don't know if that had anything to do with the activity that happened in or around our home, but our house was like a portal for things to just pop in and out of. For instance, I would see shadow people lurking in the hallway or in our bedrooms. They were harmless until we'd feel their presence in the room at night and we'd have sleep paralysis. Not all were scary, like the old lady that would water our fruit tree. I would sit there and talk to her while my mom did laundry. I wasn't the only one that could see things. I learned later on that my mother and several of my siblings saw them too, but never said anything in fear that people would think we were crazy. I'm a pretty intuitive person, but as a child, it was stronger. I had a few neighborhood friends, or what my mother liked to say were imaginary friends. You see, my family bought several acres in the outskirts of the city, and my entire family, which included uncles, aunts, and grandparents, lived down the same street. So basically, aside from my family, no one else lived down that country road. I'd always ask my, quote, imaginary friends, how come their clothes look so old? I know, rude, but I was little, and I was concerned as to why my friends wore the same worn-down clothes. The response I'd get from Emily, one of the friends, was always that they didn't have money to buy the material to make them. I was a child, so I didn't understand why she'd have to make her clothes. I wasn't allowed at any of my friends' homes as well, so I never asked where they lived. I just knew they came from the woods. Well, I outgrew some clothes, and I asked my mom if Emily could have them. My mom agreed, but first she wanted to meet Emily's mother and ask if I knew where she lived. I remember pointing towards the cemetery and telling my mom that Emily and her friends came from the woods. After that day, my mother told me I wasn't allowed to play with Emily or her friends ever again. I don't know what happened or how I stopped seeing Emily, but I never saw her again. When I was 18, my friends and I went into a cemetery as a prank, and we just walked around until I stumbled upon a gravestone that read Emily, age 6 years old. I remembered at that moment I had a friend named Emily, and she wasn't an imaginary friend. She must have been a ghost. The cemetery across the street is really old. It belongs to an old Baptist church. I did some research and found that African Americans settled in the area after the Civil War. And the church, along with the cemetery was there, was one of the first places that the settlers had in that area. You can imagine how spooked I was after all those years. I thought I played with actual kids. This last story is about my doll. My grandma had purchased it from a secondhand store, and you could insert a cassette tape and the doll would sing or talk. My grandfather made me a playhouse in their backyard, and I loved playing in it with my dolls. So one day, I decided to take my talking doll to their house, but forgot the cassette tape at home. I began playing when the doll began talking. I opened the compartment where the tape would go, and it was empty. I got scared because I didn't understand how it was talking without the tape. I didn't want it in my playhouse anymore, so I put it inside my grandma's house. Here's the creepy part. I'd find the doll back in my playhouse or in different parts of the house. My grandma asked why I didn't want to play with the doll anymore, and I went on to tell her what happened. 
Well, we ended up throwing the doll away after that. Years later, my grandma brought up the doll in conversation. She told me that when I would place a doll in the living room of her house, she would hear the doll talk. She tried finding the shutoff button and noticed that the cassette tape was empty. Her being old, not knowing how it actually worked, she thought it was normal. She'd placed the doll in my playroom, but it ended back up in the living room, the hallway, or her bedroom. That's why she asked me why I stopped playing with it. She wanted to see if I had noticed strange activity too. My childhood home still experiences paranormal activity and my parents just learned to live with it. When I do go over, I still see shadow figures in the hallways, but I am no longer scared. I just hope none of them ever follow me back home. Also, I've gone back to the cemetery, but I can't find the gravestone with Emily's name. The cemetery isn't kept up and many of the gravestones appear to be fading. I know this email was so long, I apologize. I tried to shorten it as much as I could. Maybe next time I send in the story about the demon dog in my brother's old bedroom. Update. My son is eight months old now and the first time I wrote in was about having a dream with my grandpa who passed away handing me my baby boy after years of infertility. I showed him a picture of my grandpa and he just smiled so big. Maybe he has, in fact, met him in another realm. Or maybe he's his guardian angel. I'll never know. Creep it real, y'all. Lots of love, Jasmine. Definitely believe they met in another life. Definitely. Um, It wasn't a Teddy Ruxpin. Oh. Like the doll. I used to have one of those. And then... um, That did it in the front, huh? I think, yeah. And then um, there was another one that was like a a mother goose. That was a... It was a... It was a goose. Like, it looked like those old school like geese that everybody decorated their houses with yeah yeah it looked like that but it had like a tape cassette with it too oh i was thinking like my kid sister kind of thing with the tape disc in the back i don't know i think there was a um because i'm gonna be honest i googled this while you were reading it uh there was one called a cricket doll that i think might be the one she was talking about though it was a little blonde doll that had like a little cassette tape with it oh that's creepy though even as a kid you were like wait 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 yeah that's not supposed to happen yeah yeah, that's creepy as shit. Yes, we want to know about your demon dog. Well, your brother's demon dog. Also, I wish your mom would have not known about Emily just so you could have gave her those clothes, but she couldn't have worn them. Mm-hmm. And then, like, obviously she was like, she wasn't hiding it from you, but she was hiding it from you. You know what I mean? Like, she was like, we don't have the fabric to make them, which was true. They didn't. But also, they did. But what are you going to say then? Like... They didn't fit then, maybe, is what she could have said. I don't know. Like, I'm all about, I want to know what it would have happened. How, like, that would have come up. I'm all about the drama. Thank y'all so much for sending in all these amazing stories. We love them every freaking week. And there was another theme this week with people with, you know, the people crossing lives. Yeah, yeah. We hadn't, I feel like we hadn't had a theme in a long time. Uh, yeah, we have. But oh, okay. just kidding. Well, I just was making sure y'all were paying attention. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thank y'all so much for sending in all these stories. <laughs> And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.